welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alec. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And welcome back, Laura. Thanks. Glad you're able to get off work this week and not mm-hmm. pick up the extra shift. Ditto. Hopefully this is more fun than working. Definitely. Can confirm. It's definitely got to be easier and faster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry I had to think a second. That's okay. Jared's <laughs> trying not to think of something. <laughs> so... Uh, so welcome back everybody. Uh, this is our third week of January and we were out of ideas of what to talk about. (laughs) Please submit ideas to us. What do you want to hear about? So we decided, uh, Alter You Comics, we not only sell comics, but we also sell board games. So we decided what are some of our favorite board games that we like to play. Um, so yeah, what are some of our favorite board games? Who would like to go first? I'll try. Why not? Sure. Okay. So... It's ironic. I love this game and I hate it at the same time. It's called Fuse. Uh, I don't know if you actually have it in stock at the store, but you can order it, I believe. Yeah, we do not have it in stock right now, but it is orderable. I think it's sold out from our distributor at this moment, but it is one that you know, that they normally stock. Okay. Yeah, your objective it is a one-player game if you want it to be, or up to, sorry, I should have looked at this sooner, one to five players, ages 13 and up. Um, your objective is to defuse a bomb, and you've got all these cards that you're rolling dice to fit the parameters that the card gives you. And there are different rules for like how you can stack the dice, what colors they are, you're doing addition and subtraction of the dice, or matching things. Like There's a bunch of parameters that you're filling in to complete these cards and like defuse the bomb little by little and win the game. And you have 10 minutes, so it's a fast game too. And it's a 10-minute, like, actual timer that you have to to do all of the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's an app for your phone, or you can just use a 10-minute timer. But the app has, like, sassiness to it. Yeah, you can do just a regular timer on it, or the... Because the premise is you're on a boat, and it's like an AI talking to you. Kind of like Knight Rider has Kit talking to you. This is the boat is talking to you. And, oh, 10 minutes, fine. But when you get down to, like, a minute, she starts, like, freaking out. Like, I don't want to die. But, yeah. Yeah. I like it, too, because it's a dexterity game, too. It's not only just rolling the dice, it's stacking and... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. You're making pyramids and towers. It's like an actual three-dimensional dice game. Yep, so that was mine, Fuse. And that's by Renegade Studios. Ages 12 and up, one to five players, about 10 minutes... Well, I guess exactly 10 minutes to play each time. All right, Jared, you look like you're close enough to being ready. Yeah, I think so. Uh, My first pick's going to be a game called Tapple. It, this is kind of the, um, here's a category, you think of a word to match that category, but it's uh, competitive so much that it's got this disc that has letters on the side that you'll press down once you come up with that letter. So if the category is like fruit and you say apple, you press down the A, the next person can't use the letter A in their category. And there's a timer on it, so you, it, that gives you 10 seconds to come up with your answer. And you hit the buzzer once you come out, and then it starts the timer for the next person. Um, It's basically you draw a card, and that card has the category, and you hit the timer, and you take off and just go around the the table, and whoever gets stuck, it it gets eliminated. So you restart the timer until everybody's been eliminated except for one person. It's a last man standing type of game. Um, It is 1 to 10, or 2 to one two to ten players um it takes ages, as long as it takes <laughs> yeah ages eight and up it takes oh 
20 minutes around, something like that, depending on how many people it, it, you have. It is I very think. dependent on how many people are playing. Yeah, we played with six people, and it was about a half an hour till everyone got eliminated. So it's a it's a really fun game. It's simple. It's not hard to learn. Um, anyone can jump in and start playing. And yeah, this one is in stock at Alterigo. It's it's a fun one. I like to think that anyone can fail at it. Like yes. not necessarily anyone to play. It. Anyone can fail. Yes, because it is kind of like taboo where it's the timer trying to come up with the words and like go to the next person as fast as possible. Yeah, and mm-hmm. the cards you can. I mean, you can play the same card multiple times and still and have, have new answers every time. Exactly, yeah. And it's uh can get nerve-wracking because the timer will... It it sounds like a clock. It's ticking at you. So, you know, you've got that extra pressure of an audio well, and whatever. It doesn't have all the letters of the alphabet either, which no, we've it, learned. Like, it doesn't yeah, have, that's right. It doesn't have Q. It does not have Z either. And then there's a third one, I think. Maybe U? I'm thinking U or... No, it has W. Or possibly even V. I'm not sure. Maybe V. Yeah, something like that. But I know there was one time, like, oh, normally it doesn't matter not having those letters. But you and I were probably like, oh, we actually have one that this would fit perfectly, but we can't do it because it's not actually on the board. Yep. Yeah, that's a fun one. It's made by USAopoly. I want to say it runs around 20 bucks. Yeah, it's a fairly inexpensive game, too. I mean, it's got a lot of replay value in it. And you can travel with it, too. You can even like take it with you in the car and just play while driving. I mean... Your passengers can. Right. You'd want the passengers to hold on to it, but... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty cool game. Yeah. Uh, I'll go with my first game now, um, which is really my first game that got me into board gaming, which was Munchkin. Uh, it's made by Steve Jackson Games. There is about a million different vari- varieties of it. There's like, um, I know we have a, we own a Nightmare Before Christmas version. There's a Marvel version, which we also own. There's, I think there might be even a Simpsons one now. I'm not even sure. Um, but they've licensed it out to many different properties. Um, the core game itself, you can have, I think there's nine expansions to the core game that you can use. Oh, wow. Um, it's three to theoretically infinite number of players, but I would, I think like three to five is like the sweet spot. Any more than that, it takes too long to get to your turn. Or, um, the thing with this game is it is a backstabbing game where you try to backstab everybody while trying to gain levels. The more players you have, the harder it is to win. So the more players you have, the more people will stop you. So it just takes longer. And then it's one of those games. Eventually, you don't want to be the first one that's about to win because chances are people will stop you. You'll be like the second or third person to try to win because at that point, everyone else already blew all their cards trying to stop the other people. So like, all right, and easy win. So um, it's made by Steve Jackson Games. I I don't remember the ages on it, but definitely, like I said, it is one of my favorites. It got me, it was pretty much the game that got me into the um, niche, like, gamers, like, a hardcore gamer is what got me into that. It's a, it's a good gateway game, I'll put it. And that's why no one will play it with you anymore. Well, no one will <laughs> play it with me anymore because we're in a pandemic. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, we're not supposed to play games around people that aren't in our immediate bubble. But also, certain certain people can't play with me because they don't like that I'm evil with it. But that's the game tells you, like, hey, you're trying to backstab, you're trying to betray... It is what it is. It's nothing personal. You're playing the game how it's meant to be played. Right. Only thing I don't like playing with people with that is if they're not actually playing the game. Then I'm like, all right, if I'm not going to win and you're not actually playing, I'm going to make you suffer. (laughs) So, all right, Laura, what's next up on your list? I think the other one that I recall recently playing, like, sorry, I'm not really doing great favorites, 
but just ones that I liked a little bit and that I know you guys have. Um, Deadly Doodles was a fun game. You are creating your own dungeon, sort of. And you've got a dry erase board, and on it there are different like monsters you're trying to fight or treasures you're trying to pick up and different options. And you're drawing cards, I think. Like, correct me if I screw up. Yep, you draw Because it's been a while cards. since I played it, too. And from those, I think you get a couple options, and you can pick how you're building your dungeon, and you can decide, okay, am I, is my goal to get all the treasure? Is my goal to fight all the monsters? Like, you've got some. You're building the dungeon. You're making your strategy. And I think part of why I liked it was I think I accidentally won the first time, and I thought I did a really good job. And people were like, oh, you, you plotted that out good, and I got a compliment. And I was like, yay, I like this game now. So... Yeah, I like it because everyone has the exact same board, so it's cool to see who goes at what angles, because you all have the same playing board, and you all use the same tiles, but it's how you arrange them and decide what paths you like, you go, is what I really like about it. Yeah, there's, what, like six different entrances to start from, so you could all choose different areas to start from, just take different paths in general. I know the one time me and you, Alex, played, uh, we did the exact same thing almost. For like the first two turns at yeah, least. Yeah, didn't realize it. <laughs> so, Well, and it's dry erasable, which I, I like. And it comes with the pens and the erasers, so you can just play out of the box, good to go. Another one that's really good for travel, actually, you can do. All right, Jared, what's next up on you? I was going to, I just thought of a different one instead of, I was going to do... I'll do two quick ones, because this is kind of a tie. Uh, Soro, it's a tile game. It's two to eight players. Um, It's basically, you want to stay on the board while everyone else gets off of the board. And each tile, it comes in squares, and it's on those squares has four... Swirly paths. Yeah, it has paths that uh, once you lay it down, you go to the end of that path. And it can get pretty crazy once there's a bunch of tiles on the game and you lay one down that connects, you follow the path all the way around till it stops. So you really have to pay attention to where your character is going to be and where everyone else is going to be. And you can use that to potentially kill someone else if they're on the wrong side. Like, yes. All right, well, here you go. You're dead and I'm still alive. And you can kill yourself very easily because I've done that several times. Lay a tile down, it swings all the way back around to the edge of the board. Oh, crap. Or you can kill you yourself know. and them at the same time because yeah. you can run into each other even. Yeah, but it's uh, like a – I mean, each game lasts, what, 10 to 15 minutes? It's pretty fast, it's, yeah. It's a pretty quick game. It's fun. It's different every time you play. It's got a lot of replay value, and it's a fairly inexpensive game. Is that a like a twenty dollar game, twenty five? Uh, I think it's around twenty five. But I'm not yeah, positive without that in front of me. And it's good solid pieces too. It's not like a little pawn or something like that. They're, I think they're ships, aren't they? Well, that's no, the they're... second one of ships. The first yeah. one was like my bad. Uh, I think it's almost like a totem. Yeah, they're like little totems for each yeah, one. Yeah, but it it feels like a rock. Yeah, they look so, like little pebbles sort of things. Yeah, but that one's a lot of fun. My other one was just one. Which oh, was, yeah. uh, you've got the easels and you, it's another, it's a, almost like a co-op, dry, yeah, it's dry, uh, dry erase, it's co-op. You all are trying to get each other to, whoever's turn it is, to guess the word, and you only get to write down a one-word clue, and if you're, it, it really works if you have, like, um, I would say four to five people. I think, it goes, really well. up to, I think it goes up to eight people it goes officially. Up to eight. But you could expand it more with you just using a piece of paper and write down oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, like definitely. You can have as many, because the trick with that one is you have just one word. So if I write the same word and you write the same word, 
we both eliminate that word so the person can't use that word. Right. So the more people you have, the more difficult it is to have your own original word that someone else doesn't use also. And there's been times where everyone, like uh, we were playing with five people once and everyone chose the same clue. <laughs> like, so, what do no, we do? Just no yeah, clues at all. Clueless. No clues at all. You you've got nothing. You know, <laughs> just just pick a random word and hope for the best. You know, but that's just one. It just popped in my head. That's a lot of fun. That we play. That's a game. It's got a lot of replay value, and yeah. it's a great party game, fun with friends. So that's that's my other pick. Yeah, I even enjoyed that one. We played it with people that we didn't know particularly well, and it was really interesting to me to find out. Oh. I do think really similar to this person, like I think it was Omar, that he and I were like on kismet same, on this yeah. game. We were like killing everybody. And I had only met him twice before that. And I was like, yeah, we got this. So, yeah. So those are my two picks for, for number two, two run ups. <laughs> Good enough. Two quick picks. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to throw in too. Sorry. Um, Suro also has another version, the Phoenix one. Yes. They have, that they have is the so expansion. pretty. And like, the new one, like, you could definitely play each one by itself, but I think regular Sura is a great beginner game to get into it, and then Sura Phoenix Rise is like, all right, if you're into gaming, let's go to this next level where you have, you have to try to survive still, but you can also try to get uh, stars and lanterns and stuff that you can get victory points that way. First person to get seven stars wins, or last person alive. Oh, cool. And you even have an extra life with that one, too. You have one extra life because you're Phoenix. You'd rise from the ashes just one time, though. Because that game has to end at some point. And the tiles you can actually pick up and flip around while they're in front of you. Because it comes with this plastic board that you can that has like these bubbles on it. You can hit the corner, pick it up and float it, rotate it and flip it. Because they're double-sided token, totems also. They can just move around however. And you can actually reach a dead end while in the middle of a board versus a regular Sorrow. You're always connected to another line. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely an added bonus thing that is really cool. I'm glad that they did that expansion. Or, I should say, standalone expansion. Next up for me will be a two-player game called Onitama. It's one of my favorite two-player games. Um, I like to compare it to chess, but not as much rules. Or different rules. Where you have five different chess-like pieces, but one of those is your king, or I think they call it like your temple master. And you have to try to either eliminate the other team's temple master, or get your master from your temple to their temple in capture and then you win that way too but the tricky part with this is there's only five moves the entire game now how that works is there's a deck of cards you just draw five at the beginning of the game and those are the five moves that show what you can do and there's a little grid on them that will show like okay maybe it's like an x pattern that you can move but once you use that turn that tile you have to put it in the middle take the other middle tile and then play with the next two that you have on your turn And so you're always rotating moves back and forth. You can always see what's going on with everybody. Um, The packaging is well done because when you get eliminated, you can just put the piece back in the box. It fits in the spot. So I'm just putting it away and I'm dying at the same time. So save a little bit of time for that. And yeah, if you like chess or even if you don't like chess and you have a slight remote interest in strategy games like that, it's a great two player chess light game. All right, Laura, what's your final game pick of the night? I was going to cheat. And say anything that's skinned as Spider-Man. Because like <laughs> when I was cleaning today, I found Spider-Man Monopoly. I was like, oh, can I bring this one up? I was like, eh. Monopoly is not really anyone's favorite game, is it? But uh, I also had Spider-Man Django, which I got at your store a while ago. I doubt it's I still in print. Anymore, no. but, but that one was really cool. Maybe I should just go with Spider-Man Django, even though like you can't do it. But that one, 
the Jenga blocks were a skyscraper. And as you're going up and you push out the blocks um, to possibly knock down the tower, the blocks would have writing on them that says like, oh, the Green Goblin threw a bomb at you and you miss a turn, or different things happen based on what the blocks say. And it's just a, a spin-off of normal Jenga. And let's see, what are some other Spider-Man themed games I've had? Uh, did you ever, was there a Spider-Man Uno you ever had? Yeah, it seems oh, like yeah. you might have. Yeah, I do have that. Yeah, Spider-Man Uno is really fun too. Although sometimes it's hard to read the cards. Some people struggle seeing it because it's not your normal Uno deck. People are looking for that big number in the center yeah. and instead it's a, a character. Yeah, I was kind of surprised you didn't pick Love Letter because I know you typically like that game. Or Love not. Letter or Loot Letter? Same difference. Okay. They're the same thing, just different skins. Yeah, no. For some reason, I really didn't like Love Letter all that much. No, okay. that one's okay, but it's kind of just process of elimination. But yeah, we could. I guess I could. Or the talk Oregon about Trail. <laughs> that <laughs> one was game. pretty fun, but I thought you guys didn't stock that one either. I thought yeah, we had no. to special order that one. I yeah, you... I guess my third pick is a free for all. There's okay. just all kinds of. It is at the store right now. Hint, hint. <laughs> Well, no, we just mentioned a bunch of stuff that wasn't at the store. I'm saying, but also, <laughs> anything that's at the store now. If you go to the store now, you can find good ones out of that. Or do they still stock Ice Cool at all? Uh, that is a special order game that you, oh, okay. that you can order. So, yeah. yeah, good enough. Good enough. <laughs> Sorry, Hi, guys. All right. So my final pick is at the store. I know, because it is in my pick of the game section. <laughs> Funny how that works out. Yes. Um, it's called Pandemic, and it's a perfect time while we are in a pandemic to play. Um, this is a cooperative game. I think you can have is it six players. I don't remember. It's either five or six players. I know ours is somewhere over there, I think. Oh, so, it says two to four, but you can play it with five people. Yeah. We did, and... It was fine. <laughs> don't don't get <laughs> too enough. many players because there's there are you have to have uh, city cards, and that's how you cure. And if you have too many players, the cards get too thinned out. Yeah. So there is a limit there, but uh, it's a cooperative game. You're basically trying to save the world from deadly viruses. There are four viruses or diseases or whatever they're pandemics. Strange. Yeah, they're pandemics, and. Everyone gets their own turn, and each character has a different like skill set. There's um, operations specialist, uh, quarantine specialist. Like um, every turn you make after your turn ends, you will draw a couple city cards, and you'll put uh, blocks of the virus on that city. You want to cure those pretty much. So one of the characters will is a, the quarantine specialist if. There, if she's in that city and any city connected to that city, uh, and you draw the card to put a virus block on them, that blocks it. Another one can be uh, one character removes all of the virus blocks off of that city in one turn. Every character gets four turns, and you can do different things with that. It is a great cooperative game that you have to put in strategy and so many different aspects to it. It's different every time we've played it. It is a very difficult game to beat. You're going to lose a lot. Yeah, you're going to lose a lot. But I it, don't think we beat the game until, I bet you, our 15th or 20th try. But it's one of those, like, when you lose, it's so close. Like, you know yeah. you're just 
just so yeah. very close to getting it and then yeah there's only one way to win and there are multiple ways to lose yeah <laughs> so just like in a real pandemic but yeah just like life <laughs> It was such a good game that I went ahead and ordered the 10th anniversary edition, which, is which so cool. comes in a, like, a, almost looks like a first aid kit. It's a, like the a, like a 60s style. Yeah. And it's a metal tin, too. Yeah. And it's, uh, I love the virus blocks that come in it. They're in Petri dishes. Yeah. So I didn't notice that. But uh, the actual game and everything, it's the same exact thing as what you would find on the shelf otherwise. The difference is a $40 game or a $100 game. Yeah, but the game was so much fun, we went ahead and ordered the, you know, the $100 version. But it it is a lot of fun. We've played it a lot, so. All right. Uh, And for my final pick, I'm going to cheat and choose multiples since everyone else did at one point or another, (laughs) where one of my favorites is Dungeon Mayhem. And that's by, I believe, made by WizKids, actually, I think, did that one. Either WizKids or Wizards of the Coast. Um, I think it's WizKids proper. Anyway, where you get to play as different D&D characters that are fighting each other. Like, it's like a battle royale. Of like, okay, everyone has 10 health, and you have different class abilities and everything that you have your own special deck of cards, and you're fighting each other. Last person alive wins. Um, this one I've actually played during the pandemic over Zoom because me and my friends, we all had a copy of it. So, like, all right, well, we'll say this is our turn order. Everyone keep track of everyone's health so you can see where they're at, and let's just fight each other. And it has two expansions out right now. So there's a regular Dungeon Mayhem, then there's the Baldur's Gate, then there's the newest one, which is, um, oh, what is the newest one? Uh, Monster Madness, where you can actually put the original, the core game, the expansion, and then this one itself all in a box together. We can have tile, or there's dividers. You can see each character. It has all, everything all organized wonderfully together in one gigantic box. And it is definitely one of my favorites. That easy game, the core game itself, I want to say, is around 12, 12 or 15 bucks. Totally worth it. Um, you showed this game to me once, and I bought it instantly. Yeah, you bought it, and I think all the expansions, too. Yep, every Just, single expansion. We still play it to this day. It's such a great <laughs> game. Um, like I said, it works great over the internet as long as it... As long as everyone has a copy of it, you can play that no problem over the internet streaming with Zoom or whatever. Um, and my other pick is going to be Similo, the Similo franchise. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, right now they have Similo fables, history, and myths. Coming soon, I think in February, is animals and wild animals. Hmm. Um, <laughs> really, really weird for me. Like, really, you're doing animals and wild animals? What's the difference? Especially with, I mean... I guess you could say a domesticated I dog think that's versus what, a wolf. In I the, think that's what they're going to be you know, doing for animals versus wild. Like, oh, animals you'd see around the world or around, like, when just outside. Farm animals. Versus maybe. going to a zoo, you might see a lion. A lion and stuff. So. That's my best guess is what the difference will be. We'll I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, we'll find out because I have both of them on order already. <laughs> but this is a game where it's another cooperative game. Uh, one person is the clue giver. Everyone else is trying to figure out what they're trying to get you to guess. Where. You have a deck or a display of what is it? Um, I think it's like I think four 24. By four I think it's six by that. four. So I think it's okay. the 24 cards that are on the playing field. Then round one, you have to eliminate the team has to eliminate one card. Round two, you eliminate two, three, four, so forth and so on until there's only two cards left. And as a clue giver, you're trying to give clues to say, hey, the final answer is either like this card or not like this card. So you either want to. You want to get rid of stuff that's either not like that card or that is like that card, depending on how, what, which way you orient the cards. And it's just a fun game. It's a 
two to infinite number of players, really. Uh, I know Jared and I played just the two of us before, and I've played with a group of five people before because it's everyone's working together trying to figure out what what you're trying to give similar and versus different. The problem being is, as a clue giver, you don't know what cards you're going to have necessarily. So like, oh, these cards are garbage to try to figure out what, what clues. So I hope you find what I'm trying to go with because it's a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Because they're just images of cards. There's no words or anything. It's just good luck figuring out what I'm thinking when I play this card. It kind of reminded me a little bit of Guess Who in the aspect of what kind of clues does your character give when you lay down a card. It is like this person. That person could be wearing a hat. It could be male, female. It could have a beard, glasses. Or it could be a uh, character in the same story. Right. Or heroes or villains. Exactly. Bad guy, good guy. It's a whole lot of... Well, what were they thinking when they played this? And the, I've been in the position where I was a clue giver. Well, this is a stretch, but this is the best I have. Good yeah. luck. And mm-hmm. you're trying to say, okay, what will they see? Oh, dissimilar, dissimilar. You're trying to get the right things. It's a lot of, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Or am I thinking what you're thinking that I'm thinking? Or what is going on? <laughs> yep. And I, I do want to point out also the art on these cards are, it's incredible. And me and you actually looked up who the artist was that uh, yeah. one day. I can't remember who it was now, but... and Because the, they are a little cartoony. Yeah. I mean, especially the uh, Fables one, like, oh, you have Snow White, but it's not Disney Snow White. No, it's it's a completely different style of art. Yeah. So they look great. And each picture actually says who they are, too. Like, on the side, like, um, Snow White from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, or yeah. Zeus, he's from this mythology, or whatever. Yeah. Like, each one ha- does have a little bit of description on it, so you can actually use it as a learning device, like, especially the history one, if you're a history mm-hmm. teacher. I know Kesmar Far Israel is a history teacher, and he got it because, oh, we can use this for class just because. And, like, I think what you should do, I don't know if he has yet or not, you can use the deck. All right, this is your card. You write a report on this, whatever person you draw. Oh, be a that, cool thing. Yeah. be a cool thing that they could do. You think it's cool. Well, yeah. As a, <laughs> as a non-student, then that's a great way to randomly assign homework to people. Yep. But, yeah. Like I said, so the, the similar series, I believe each game is only $10, too. You can yeah. technically mix and match them together. I wouldn't just because, oh, here's i'm saying it's not like snow white okay so it's not the fables one so it has to be a history person it just seems kind of you know the card is male at that point right you know it could be anything that that would make it a little convoluted right so that's why like uh, i like to keep them whatever theme together technically you can mix them that match but i don't know part of my ocd is like no they're separate decks also yeah but that's just also me so any other games that pop to mind real quick before we move on not exactly a game, but I thought it was interesting to point out how some of your favorite games have the great box. Like, sometimes a game is so much better if they packaged it well. Yeah, if they that is one thing that separates a good game from a great game for me is, can I put everything back away in the box in a nice, organized manner? Or is it just an empty slab that everything is just loose inside and will never fit the exact same way again? I know, like, you had a Batman game for mm-hmm. a while. Once you open it, you can never put anything back in there because it doesn't fit. Yeah, I was so mad. I gave it away. I was like, make this a prize for something. I can't stand to look at it anymore. But games that have great inserts where you can see where everything belongs and where it goes, that is just icing on the cake. That's one of the reasons why Dungeon Mayhem is my favorite because it has this divides for everybody. You can see who you want. Just pick it up out of the box and good to go. And And it's so easy to clean up that way too. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, this goes right here instead of, oh crap, how do I want to make this organized for the next time I open this? Yeah, I know, like, uh, one of the games we got in was 
the game planet where it has the insert where you can see where the core goes, where the tiles go, where the cards go, everything. It's wonderful versus other games that I won't mention by name. Yeah, it's just an empty box. You throw it all in and good luck figuring it out later. That would have been a good one. Planet. Planet That's a fun one. Yep. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I think I remember that one now. But Uh, I've only played it the once that you've shown me. I I went ahead and brought it home. I actually bought it, but we haven't played it yet yeah. with my brother and stuff like that. So Someday. Yeah, someday. <laughs> Maybe this weekend. We'll get there. But I almost wish some days we do videos of, like, reboxing games. Like, <laughs> tell people how you put it back in. Like, what's the strategy? I think that'd be fun sometimes. Rather than, well, an unboxing and a reboxing. This is what it looks like, and this is how we play it, and look how good it goes to put back away. Yeah. Just coming up with ideas. There we go. Maybe someday. And with that, we'll move on to our comic books of the week. These are the books that came out January 20th, Election Day. Uh, so who would like to go first First for their honorable mention? Um, I would like to, before we start that, just kind of mention Deceased, Dead Planet, 7 of 7 came out today. Uh, this is the final issue of the story and of the series, it seems. So it was a very good ending. If you've been following this story arc, this is a great end. I thought it was a really good ending. I, I I enjoyed it. It would not surprise me if they end up doing a collected omnibus of all the deceased, of the regular, uh, the villains one, and then the Dead Planet sequel. It would not yeah. surprise me if they do a giant, here's everything all together. Oh, yeah. That would be great, too. And as far as I know, they have not announced anything, but the way it is written, it definitely feels like it's the end yes. of everything. Yep. It felt, it's truly an ending. So, yep. so uh, I guess I'll go next with my honorable mention, and then we'll cycle around, and then you can go to your actual official honorable mention. Yes, my mention. official honorable, honorable um, mention. My honorable mention is Maestro War and Packs number one. This is the follow-up to the series called Maestro, which gave us the official origin of how the Hulk turned into Maestro. From the uh, Hulk movie or Hulk series, what was the original series called? You said it a couple of weeks um, ago, but I can't remember what it was now. Anyway, yeah, uh, if you want to Google it, that'd be great. But it's from the classic Hulk series where oh, Hulk turns into Maestro and was like an evil warlord. He's bald. He has a long beard. What's going on? We don't know. Um, but this explains the first one explained him waking up into the post-apocalyptic future. This one is him trying to actually, like, conquer the rest of civilization. And it's him being full-on evil, destroying everybody, killing anybody that sees opposites of him. And it sets up a kind of major villain that's going to be coming up in the next issue. Where, how do I say, um, it's going to be big. It's going to be the main villain. What was the name of the series? Future Imperfect. Future Imperfect. Oh, yep, that's yeah. it. Because okay. only like two issues, I think. Yep. Yeah, Hulk. it was so yep. weird. So yeah, this explains more of how the Hulk was became Maestro in Future Imperfect and how everybody feared him and his insanity. So like I said, Warren Pax number one. Uh, I imagine if it's not, out, I don't think it's out yet, but the original Maestro series should be collected in trade relatively soon. So you can pick up that and trade and then jump right into the follow-up series called Maestro War and Packs is my honorable mention. What's up for you, Laura? Okay, am I doing real honorable mention or like third honorable mention? I don't care. We're making it up as we go. (laughs) 
Yeah, I make okay. I'm making this up, so I go guess for I'll it. go with real honorable mention. Um my that would be King in Black number three. I enjoyed this week, but I think I have a soft spot for all this King in Black stuff. This is one of the first big crossover events that's affecting all of the Marvel universe that I think finally makes sense. Except for Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. That that part <laughs> does not make sense. So they are still sticking true to having crossovers that kind of suck a little bit because it's like Spider-Man should be one of the main people dealing with symbiote anything. You would, you would think. Especially yeah. It's New York City. It's Spider-Man's arguably one of his biggest villains of being Venom. Not a mention of it. <laughs> yeah. Although I do admit um, Symbiote Spider-Man, that series is dealing with this, but I think that that's also set in the past. So it's yeah. confusing. So they're like setting up things that are going to happen like get picked up again in the future oops sorry it's it's interesting it's almost like time travel but hopefully not but yeah so in this issue i have to remember what was going on oh yeah dylan and thor are teaming up because they've decided oh dylan brock has some powers of his own that are useful against the all the symbiotes and they decided Thor has lightning power, so he might as well go and try to, like, zap some symbiotes. And they end up saving Cap, which I thought was good that they finally got him back out of the symbiote horde. And they prove that they can bring people back. And I got a kick out of um, the king in black keeps saying, Oh, I'm God. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm I'm the king. And Thor's like... Me too. Shut up. Like, oh, I'll put you in my place. You're your a king place. god? Nah, son. <laughs> no, he's like, me too. Yeah. That doesn't matter. That doesn't phase me. And they made some comments that they were talking about being the light warriors. And I was like, oh, it's Final Fantasy. They're going to make the orbs shine again. <laughs> so that was the biggest thing for me. I was like, oh, if you make a Final Fantasy reference, I'm going to love your comic. Yeah, and as one that has not been reading all the tie-ins, this book you can totally read by, by itself and not worry about the tie-ins. Um, which I always like a major event when the tie-ins add stuff, but it's not critical. And this one's a good one where, yeah, the tie-ins, some of them add a little bit, but you definitely don't need those to follow the main story. You can still get the main main story and know what's going on without without everything else tied in. Yeah, that's one good thing that I'm reading, trying to read everything, and you're reading just the main thing, so I know you can give the synopsis of whether it makes sense still or not. Because yep. to me, it all makes sense because I'm trying to read everything. There you go. All right, and Jared. Okay, so my true honorable mention is uh, DC's Future State, Shazam. Uh, this one surprised me. I was This was one of those that I wanted to check out, but I really didn't have high hopes for or anything like that. See, I told I, you to read this one. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you even mentioned to read this one. I was thoroughly surprised. Um not going to give away spoilers. Um, well, I do want to give away one little thing. The character of the question is in this. They have, I don't know if it's for DC Future State or if it's going to be this way in the future. I hope it is. But the question, his costume is way better than it used to be. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, who is that character? And then they called him the question. I'm like, holy crap, they did a phenomenal job with him. But uh, this one is set in the future. Uh, Billy Batson is grown, I think. Near as we can tell? Yeah. It's, without a getting little... into spoiler territory, it's exactly. very weird. Yes. 
it's very weird, but it makes me want to pick up the second issue and see where they're what they're doing. And it seems that there's a little bit of a JSA action going yeah, on in a little, this also. A little bit, but it's also it it seems to me like it's um former children who've grown up. Some of them were Teen Titans, like they've got Miss Martian on here. Um, I can't think of the character's name, but he was in the most recent Titan stuff and he had the purple like blocks around um, him. Oh shoot. Oh, I can't think of up. his name. I, that's like gravity or something like that. Gravity. That's the game we should have mentioned. Tuki is the <laughs> game she's referencing. <laughs> so, but it has, um, a couple characters, Giganta and one of the old Green Lantern villains, uh, the Manhunter robot. They are busting into a prison to break out a character. Who's the character? You have to read it to find out. So I'm not spoiling that. Bunker is the name. Bunker, yep, that's that guy's name. That's not the guy in jail that they're breaking up. That's the purple guy. Sorry, yeah, uh, I just looked up (laughs) who the purple guy was. Bunker (laughs) is the guy that we were talking about. I couldn't think of the name of. It was that important. Yeah. (laughs) So it's got, um, I think Vixen is in there also. I can't tell. That art is a little shaded, so it's hard to tell. I could be wrong on that. So, yep, there's Vixen's totem. So, But uh, this one was really surprising. It kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting it. And I'm trying to talk about this without giving spoilers, so I think I'll stop here. Because I don't want to give anything away. This w- comic was really good, and I think any- everyone should pick it up. And with that, you should move on to your pick of the week also because... Uh, Did we have the same pick of the week? It is the exact same pick of the week for me as well. Okay. So we'll just do two for here. Okay. So this is both of our picks of the week. So this is high praise. Um, Nightwing, Future State number one. If you want to see the best Nightwing that there has been written in a long time, this is the issue. I would say, with the exclusion of immediately post-Joker War, this is the best Nightwing in the last four years, easy. Easily. I mean, I, the Joker War stuff and the post-Joker War has that been was pretty really good. good. I'll give you that. That um, was pretty good. But this this Nightwing, he was... Full-on I mean, Dick they, Grayson yeah, in all of his glory. They had... They called him Batman's right hand and a strong right hand that it was in this issue. They hit that one on the head. They showed while he was Batman's first and best protege, and they showed how his he put that training to use. And why, at one point, he did wear the cowl of why he yeah. became Batman. Yep. Um, and one thing that I think is cool about this is he has his own version of the Batcave, or Nightwing Cave, or Wing Cave, yes. or whatever you call it. We won't spoil where it's at, no, though. I will, because it's on the cover. Uh well that just spoiled it so. yeah it's, it's arkham he's he's hanging out at arkham and yeah i mean they reveal that very quickly in the book so it's not yeah, it's hardly even it's spoiled. Not really it, spoiled. they put it on the cover so, so i'm not worried about but it but it's um like a arkham in ruins yes it is an abandoned so arkham yeah where he has taken over and at one point a character says really i would never expect you to be here exactly that's why i picked this yep like no one would expect me to be here so of course that's the spot i go to but uh, there's a sniper in this book, and Nightwing takes him to, I don't want to say take him to school, but, I mean, he took him to beyond school. Well, and it, just, even just his combat, like, it, it shows that he knows oh. he knows his way around a fight. He knows his way around a fight when there's not even present, when there's not even showing a fight. Yeah. Like, 
he's just that good. Yeah. And yeah, for me, it was just a combination of the reason why my pick, the way he, they wrote him of his mannerisms and just his ingenuity. I was like, that's for me is the standout DC book so far of, I would say future state as a whole. I will agree. Uh, and that's not just because I'm a Nightwing fan, because, I mean, typically I read more Batman than anything, but this one just won me over. Yep, this one was excellent. So, so Laura, you get to finish this off with what What are your picks of the week, or do you still have one quick honorable mention? I know you, meant, you oh. said you might have a quick one, but an unofficial I guess honorable. I could do an unofficial, I just want to mention We Live Again, because I just love the art in that book, and it's still got the music that comes along with it with the little code that you scan with your phone and we live's just always good that was we live number four Four. all right so then what is your pick your actual pick proper of the week okay um the book that stood out to me this week was black cat number two i feel like i probably mentioned black cat number one as well she's still like from number one she decided that she's going to do a heist and her heist is to steal dr strange back from null's grasp and in this, she starts putting the pieces together to actually do that. And, of course, she gets help from Dr. Strange's dog, Bats. And if you follow me on Facebook, you may have seen I took a picture of the inside and I said, um, the team-up, I didn't know I needed the black cat and Bats. And really, I thought it was really, really bats good. Really Bats with anybody. I mean, Bats is mm. a good dog. Yep. Yep, that was what Dr. Strange said during another thing that I'll probably get into later. So you threw me off with that. Sorry. Um, but anyways, and, and it's just a really pretty scene too. Like I, I love the coloring of Bats as a ghost dog. He's kind of like got the Slimer green going on and they're borrowing a goblin glider to get up in the air and she's gotten some tech. Uh, the black cat, Felicia Hardy, she's been talking to, oh, I forgot the guy's name. There was a doctor from back when they were dealing with Agent Venom and when Venom was with Eddie Brock and they were working through Alchemax. It's like Stevie or something like that. Where's his name? Dr. Steve. Yep, Dr. Steve is helping her get the tech she needs to fight all the... Sorry, I keep hitting the, the thing. Yeah, I'll, Anyways. I'll try to edit that out. If not, oh well. Sorry. Um, the symbiotes. She's trying to fight all the symbiotes, so she went to Dr. Stevie at Alchemax to get all of his information on how to fight symbiotes, and it makes sense to me. It's kind of annoying that no one else in all this King of Black stuff has thought to go to the experts and find out what's going on, <laughs> but like Felicia's the, on it. It's like the real world. Oh, there's an expert? Ignore them. Just do what I say instead. Yeah. Yeah, I think that Felicia's just... Like, that's one of her skill sets. Like, she knows who has information, where to get it, how to use it for what she needs to do. And so one of the... I don't think it's too much of a reveal. She actually has a little bit of an anti-venom sort of symbiote. She can use that to infiltrate the... Let's see, the prison that Doctor Strange is in. And then Bats, because he's a bloodhound, can find Doctor Strange really fast. And he's also dead, so he can... Go through everything, too. He's like, unkillable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they team up. They find Doctor Strange, and more happens after that. Oh, and there's also a, an appearance from the spider buggy, which we always have to point out the spider buggy whenever it gets to roll its wheels. Someday we'll actually have one ourselves. Yep. We're getting closer. But, yeah, so you have to go out and get Black Cat because 
she's just awesome. She's doing a good job on her own, and or I guess she's really in a team up now, but she's leading the team, and I think she's doing a great job. All right. So with that, we'll move on to who our heroes of the week are. Uh, Jared, you seem like you're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. As mine a, was or Night- I'm throwing you under the bus. Yep, mine was <laughs> Nightwing this week, just because this issue was quintessential Nightwing. Shows just how good he really was, is, in the future. <laughs> Always. Will, will have had will, been. Yes, will have had been. So. Easy enough. That's yep, I don't. Simple. I'm not going to give spoilers, so I'm going to stop right there. <laughs> so. All right, Laura, do you have your hero ready? Yeah, I decided to go with Bats. He was a good dog. Um, his first appearance was actually back in Doctor Strange 381. And he, I guess Doctor Strange was a veterinarian for a little bit, and Bats got left with him. And at some point, it was really heart-wrenching because um, there was this whole deal with Loki trying to take over being Sorcerer Supreme. and Trying to be a good um, guy. Like, yeah. Like, actually a good Sorcerer Supreme, too. Yeah, and I think that in that storyline, he accidentally kind of kills Bats. And when Stephen Strange is going to try to convince, it looks like it's Yggdrasil. Sorry, it's like some tree in Asgard that he goes to to convince them that he's the Sorcerer Supreme and Loki isn't. He needs needs help. And all he has with him at the time is bats. And he offers him and he's like, he was a good dog. And that was the line. And yeah, so think that that's how bats came back to be a ghost too he was allowed to be visible to certain people on this plane even though he he died and so yeah he's a he's a good dog he comes back he keeps he fetches <laughs> <laughs> i don't know he's, if you want to mention the line that you read out loud to me it's a slight spoiler alert i don't remember what it was this is when they sorry. crashed Probably. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. So there was a, an exp- there was an <laughs> explosion, accident, whatever. They wrecked the spider buggy. Slight spoiler. And Felicia yells, sound off, everyone's still alive. And the doctor guy's like, barely, Owen Strange is still alive too, for now, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, ugh, I'm, I'm hurt. And Bats goes, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> he was dead the whole time. He was dead the whole time, So, but that's fine. He got better, or... Not worse, at least. <laughs> He's just as good. Right. Uh, and my hero of the week will be Scarlet Witch Wanda because of the new show WandaVision. And I'm really curious to see what's going on. Uh, I want to figure out what the puzzle is. Hopefully tomorrow's episode, tomorrow as we record episode, see how that comes out. And I'm just really curious to see what's going on. WandaVision, the first two episodes are already out. Super weird. Not a whole lot happens, but a lot of clues are dropped, I think. And I'm excited to see where it goes. So, Wanda is my hero, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch. And let's see what goes on with that. So, first, it's the first Disney official Marvel product since Endgame that has come out. That's a mouthful. Is it really? Yeah, because the only thing that's come out after Endgame is Spider-Man Far From Home, but that's by Sony and Marvel. Okay. Or Sony and Disney. And still in the Marvel verse, but you're right. right. It's not. It Sony is. It's not Soul. Still. It's not just Disney. Spider Man is still. Uh, Black Widow was supposed to be, but that got delayed a full year at this point. And WandaVision is now the first one that's actually kicking off officially Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Hmm. So yeah, Wanda is my hero. 
because of that. And I want to see what happens with that. So with that, we will say thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for sharing said subscription. And we will, or you will hear us next time. So (laughs) thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I'm kind of used to it, I guess. (laughs) You edit that out all the time.